Hello, all of our Slays and Coffee fans. We have a special podcast episode for you today. We have the incomparable Tina Garavi, who will be joining us to speak on activism and entertainment. For those of you who are not familiar with her work, she is an amazing, amazingly incredible producer, director, and writer based out of the UK, but she also does work here stateside in LA. But she is also a Sundance and BAFTA-nominated uh, director. And you may have uh, seen some of her work. She directed the Cleopatra uh, docuseries on Netflix. Um, and we are so fortunate to have her here with us today to go through her process and her work that she's doing as an activist slash director, creator, um, and we just want to know exactly how she is able to turn her art into activism. And if some of you who are watching is interested in doing the same and using your talent to promote a cause or something that is very dear to your heart, she's definitely one to listen to and get insight from. And we're so fortunate to have her here with us today. Hi there. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for joining with us today. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, um, unfortunately, my other co-hosts were unable to join us, but I am here and I am going to make sure that you are well uh, received and that you feel the slates and coffee love. So thank you so much. It's amazing. I'm sure we're going to have a great chat. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And I was, um, as I introduced you to our uh, our audience who may not be familiar with your work, um, I let them know that you are a Sundance and BAFTA nominated director. And we are definitely interested to hear about your activism and how you use your art to promote the causes that are near and dear to your heart. So um, I, I just wanted to allow you the opportunity to speak on that and then we can get a little more in depth. Oh yeah, I mean, um, the, I, I, I mean, I love storytelling and that's the origins of, you know, all the work that I do is like about storytelling, which I think is a real political act, right? To tell your story, to exist through stories is so, so important. And obviously through teaching, I help elevate other people who need the tools to be able to tell their stories because I think everyone really should exist in in where we we find where they tell their story. I don't know how else to say it, but that's that's what I'm really passionate about. And I think that's a lot about what you're doing with Slates and Coffee. And that's mm -hmm. why it sounds incredible. And I'm glad to be finding out about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's that's one of the reasons why we started the podcast, because we wanted to allow um, other women, especially women of color in the film industry, to understand um that there are real no limitations to how we can use this art form to impact other people and inspire ourselves within the industry because you inspire me 
I watched oh. Cleopatra and oh. I was amazed. I was like, I was so happy to see that perspective. And from it coming from a woman of color, it was even more impactful. It wasn't a cis white male portraying this woman. It was coming from the female gaze and showing her as an empowered whole female. I put and my I heart into it. I put my heart into trying to find a way of seeing her as a kind of woman that I needed to exist, which was not necessarily, I mean, obviously beautiful and sexual, but not sexualized Yes, for having power without her needing to be powerful because of a man or because of a patriarchy that she had to co-opt, you know, like how do we find a woman's power in her own you know, kind of just her own terms. And that was so interesting to do. And I feel like we really struggled to not fall into tropes that already exist. And, you know, I think that Cleopatra was so uh, co-opted by the male gaze already. And that's why a lot of that backlash happened was just that people were upset that we were changing the narrative on it. And it was really unfortunate because you know, you don't have to love what we did, but, you know, there's not a harm in having a different way of depicting her. And, you know, I'm, I'm very sad that people in Egypt were offended by it. Mm. But ultimately, we don't know the story of Cleopatra. We don't know who her mother was. We don't know who her grandmother was. And if she had been of Egyptian descent, at that time, people would have been darker and it's it's okay you know that's that's fine like what's the problem like right you know it's we were all darker back then thankfully <laughs> like where have we learned this hatred of darkness where's that come from and that's a very recent thing that yeah. i think we need to work through and just kind of be like this is ridiculous you know um and, you know, I find like the reaction tells a story itself. And that is something that I'm thinking about or just, you know, like finding where that colorism is in our own society um, and thinking like, well, we have some work to do. And I hope that some of the other stuff that I do maybe in the future will deal with that. But I think that we all have a role to play in how we diversify how we right. see ourselves because i just think you know i grew up in a time i'm i'm older than i look i mean i don't know if this podcast has the video but i'm like <laughs> 51 so i grew up in a time when you know there was such a poverty of black people on tv that mm -hmm. i was so moved by the cosby show mm -hmm. like the cosby show being on television was like my nectar it was like it was so important to me to see that positive black family, diverse family on TV. It just, you know, it gave me so much, um, you know, like positivity because there just wasn't anything at that time. Right. right. Like nothing. I mean, there may have been things where black peoples were shown as comical, but they were aspirational. And for me, The Cosby Show was the first aspirational TV show that showed me Black people or, you know, complex Black families that somehow meant a lot to me growing up. And, 
you know, I, I knew that power of storytelling as a young person. And I think mm-hmm. I was just like, these stories are inadequate. And I just wanted, I was just so hungry for more. There was never enough. Fame was another big one that I loved watching, like a show about a interracial, multicultural, um, you know, school of performing arts. Yes. Great black characters on there. Who again, I related to as a young teenager growing up in New Jersey, saying, what do I have to look at that makes me feel like I'm not alone, I'm not crazy, and that it's going to be okay, right? And that's what I think storytelling is, is just a chance to create wish fulfillment Mm -hmm. and to create a space where our dreams can exist, you know, like our fantasies of who we could be exist. You know, that superhero that saves the planet, then you write it, you know, and we think that these mythologies don't mean anything. Of course, Batman is white and he needs to be white for young white people to imagine that they can also don the cape and save, you know, the city. Right. We need that for other people too, or for women or for disabled people or for queer youth. You know, we need those superheroes to exist so that we can imagine ourselves in the world. It is deeply political. It is deeply political to have Cleopatra be a black woman in a in a full sense of that. Um, and I was glad to be part of bringing that to life. And this is you asked me what my passion is, and my passion is about expanding the idea of who we are. Okay. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? In addition, yeah, political. I think I'm a politician. I just couldn't do the politics part. <laughs> I always say it's like I was. This is the politics I can do, and um, I'm very much aware that this place of the strengths that I have. I just could never, right. like, if I went on TV, I would just like I would do something ridiculous, like throw a chair at them or something. So <laughs> it's the it's the moral equivalent of that. Um, yeah. And I love teaching. I teaching teaching is a deeply political act because you're inspiring other people to be better than you mm-hmm. and to take what you've learned, stand on your shoulders, and go and do that next thing. And I've had amazing students who have gone on to do that. And I think you know, so it doesn't always have to be the, the stories I tell or my stories, but it can sometimes mm-hmm. be about saying, "Hey, what if you told us what it's like?" to grow up where you grew up and what your experience was and how would it change the world if we understood your lived experience? So Cleopatra pretty much put you in the spotlight and it highlighted a lot of other projects. So how did that affect, how did that affect the way that you now tell stories or approach projects did it change you in any way i mean i'm sure maybe it did i wouldn't be so arrogant to think it didn't i mean i didn't like the fact that so many people were upset Mm. Um, i'm not someone who goes out to upset but you know like i also read all the comments and i saw the place that it was coming from Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of misdirected anger. Um, I understand it and I'm listening. I'm not like blase about like 
what people said. And I'm not by any means calling everyone who wrote to me a racist, but I had literally people from, uh, yeah, white supremacists writing me and seeing in Donald Trump, you know, like as if like what they were writing me was so important that Donald Trump needed to be able to read it. (laughs) And then I had Egyptian people who are like, you know, not very kind in their writing to me, you know, obviously upset about their viewpoints, um, expressing themselves in ways that I think could have done some, you know, could have been better written. Um, And some people I did engage in, you know, semi-civil conversations with. I suppose, um, would I have shied away from it knowing what happened? No. I mean, that's totally on brand for me. I don't ever not want to be the fly in the ointment of how we see ourselves I give myself the ability to be wrong and um, take risks. Taking risks sometimes means you might get it wrong. I think overall, I there were things I wish hadn't happened. One of them would be, I wish that the trailer that that Netflix dropped did not come out two weeks before people could watch the show because mm-hmm. I think partly the frustration that people felt from the trailer, which I didn't cut together, by the way, was that they felt like it was very, it was quite incendiary, but they didn't Mm. have a chance to actually watch that. There were five historians, one of who was Egyptian, who really broke down, I think, very reasonably what her ethnic makeup might have been or what the Mm. issues around that were. And it would have been helpful if the show could have been something they watched straight away rather than those two weeks where right. I think the world blew up. I, you know, I was somehow in papers in Peru. You know, I've never thought I would be in a paper in Peru, but that happened. Um, but would I change? I, I think all of this has just made me realize more and more how powerful stories can be and how important it is to have these global conversations about, you know, what way we depict women and diverse women and and how we change the discourse around equality, Mm -hmm. whatever form that is. And my gosh, my dream is only to have that conversation. If I'm making work that has no impact, I'm not interested. I'm not only saying I want to make work to irritate people, but sometimes the things that we do say have to make some people uncomfortable mm-hmm. and if it's the right kind of people being uncomfortable great um i hope that we can evolve to having conversations without needing to necessarily tear each other apart right. um and maybe some of the other stories i dream to tell are slightly less about you know maybe it's just about women in science for example mm-hmm. which is the next film I'm making is a Virginia Woolf adaptation about a woman who in 1910 wants to be an astrophysicist and she's deciding between romantic love which she sees as a trap and deciding between her ambition so it's really great in my next film to be talking about the difficulties that all of us have men and women between deciding on career and committing ourselves to difficult jobs like being filmmakers or being astrophysicists and deciding between having a family or having a relationship that becomes a thing that takes a lot of our attention and our, you know, like kind of brain real estate, right? Mm-hmm. So we can 
relate to this issue. And I love being able to talk about that because even though that might seem very trifling, it's actually very deeply political too, because it's about how do women have success and families at the same time when child rearing on the whole seems to be a job that falls on, on women's, you know, laps and, you know, how do you do that and also be successful at the career? I know there's so many women in my life who really, you know, they work hard at making that work. And it's a big issue. I think we could, you know, maybe Barbie too should be about this, you know, Barbie Barbie has some kids and still wants to be successful at her job, which what is Barbie's job? I'm not quite sure. (laughs) Just being Barbie, I guess that was the whole point. So what would you recommend someone who is interested in taking on more controversial topics or, I mean, you probably didn't even realize that Cleopatra would have been so controversial coming out the gate when you decided on doing the project, but, um, not true. I didn't think it wasn't controversial because I wouldn't have taken the job on if it was just going to be like, let's make another white Cleopatra. So I knew that that was already shifting things. Mm -hmm. You're asking me like, what advice do I give is like, I think partly is not to put your sense of yourself in right. other people's hands. Like okay. I don't, you know, people don't like me or what I'm doing. That's not mm-hmm. really going to be internalized by me. I mean, I'm listening, right? But my sense of value doesn't come from that. My sense of value comes from, or my value for myself comes from people who I respect their work. I really humbly have a lot of mentors, people who support you know, or even my students and whether they think that the stories that they're getting and the value they get out of the teaching I do has any impact on their lives. And that really feeds my sense of self, right? So I think sometimes we care too much about what the wrong people think about us. And I think that's what happens in the social media age. Somehow the, you know, the nameless, the person who doesn't even have any, you know, like posts uh, sends me messages that are just horrific. And and I would love to find that person's mother and show them those messages and say, is this how you raised your son or your daughter is to speak to complete strangers like this? I mean, that cloak of anonymity and that ability to be keyboard warriors seems so weird to me. I mean, none of us would talk to each other like that. I'm not where we got to the point that this seems to be the way we behave with one another. And it's, it's, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not condemning it because I think there's a lot of good things about social media and it's just a weird place we're at. So, yeah, I think, I think you have to just do the work despite how the reactions might come your way Mm -hmm. and just, you know, tell those stories that, yeah, I think, I always say that unless things hurt or have some sort of can reaction, mm-hmm. I'm not sure you should be telling that story. It should it should be unsettling mm-hmm. to tell a story. Like somehow that's the fizz and the pop of it that tells you you're on to something. If it's too easy, it's maybe react. Um, you know, like it's a 
you know, just another version of something that already exists, which is okay too. Hollywood makes a lot of money that way. Uh, but I think if you're a political filmmaker, there should be something that is a bit scary about it. Right. Or, you know, like you should feel something in your stomach when you're, when you're working on it. And that's, you know, and authenticity oftentimes does feel embarrassing or scary. Right. Um, so we just about have to wrap up, but we're so, I know it's such a lovely conversation. I, I want to know so much more about you and your process and so the projects that you are, that you're creating and the stories that you want to tell. Um, because like I said, you inspire me, your work yeah. inspires uh -huh. me. And I am, I'm an art artivist myself. And yeah. I believe that we have a message to tell and that it can inspire and impact so many people. And it's our obligation to make sure that these messages get out there. So yeah. how can our audience members find you, follow you, support your work? I oh want them yeah, I want to hear I want to hear from the good people out there who other, you know, I've heard the other side of the story. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram is where I'm most active. If you want to hear me spouting political stuff, talking about <laughs> stories, just showing you my holiday snaps. But Logic of the Birds is my handle on there. Or you just look up my name and also just, you know, drop me an email. I'm pretty accessible if you Google my name, either via the university email where I teach. Um, and, you know, like, when you have something to tell me about, tell me about it or just drop in and say hello. I'm I'm actually just working on a screenwriting workshop that I'm designing as well. So it might be a workshop that people can attend. We're like looking at Mexico, like come to our, our storytelling retreat, um, myself and some other writers who might be doing awesome. teaching. But um, yeah, do keep in touch. And thank you so much for, for, you know, saying such nice things. It really means, see, this is where I get the, the reward and the, this is what I'm listening to. I'm making a choice to listen to this positive feedback. And it means, and I'm so glad it's inspired you. It inspires me to hear that it makes me want to be better at what I do um, to like, you know, yeah. Inspire other women like yourself to tell their story it is such a political act and women out there do not doubt that your story is important um, to my um, diverse friends and colleagues, your story matters and there are not enough of them. Exactly. So never once think that you do not belong or it's not important, but you know, learn how good stories work and yeah. do that, do that yes. you know? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I know that our audience is going to be blessed by the gems and the wisdom that you've imparted on us. And um, I, for one, will continue following you and I will reach out offline to make sure that we stay connected. And for those of you watching, please follow, please support because we, we need, need we need, we need each other. Yeah, we yeah. do. 100%. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you have a wonderful day. You too. Take care, bye -bye. sweetheart. Bye. Bye, everyone.